Welcome to the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asianish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. It's a tough job, but you know, someone's got to do it. As always, we are recording from downtown Chinatown, and today I welcome Akira. Hey, Akira. Hello. (laughs) So, Akira, you're here today to talk about Asian women in Australia. Asian women, that's us. Yes, that's, that's right. Me. That's, yeah, because you told me your grandfather used to work for the East Indies company. Yeah, I mean, he he used to work way back when when the British company was still in India, and okay. uh, you know, just under the influence of colonialism. And he was a pretty proud um, part of the navy, you know, yeah. and. Uh, Kind of really regretted it, regretted uh, the British leaving <laughs> India. Uh, he said they brought a lot of uh, organization and order to India. And, uh, you know, me growing up, I always heard every time we had um, the 15th of August, which is when we celebrated, it was like, oh, I wish they never left. I'm like, Papa, we need our freedom. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's called Gandhi, Independence Day, yes, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, he, he had lots of respect for all of our freedom fighters yeah. and you know um he i think he was just like a big part of of that um of that group when he was working and he just liked the orderliness and uh, the just the discipline they brought to it yeah so that's what he was actually in love with okay um, and he's look he's almost 95 now and wow. that, that discipline and order is like it's still very much a, a part of his life like he is still up early in the morning, does a little bit of exercise, you know, he has the same routine every day. That's what day. the Navy can do to you, and right? I think that, part, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I guess that part of the, of, of the, of the rain, you know, is what he loved. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's quite an interesting conversation. A few conversations I've had with him actually. Yeah. And yeah. he was also a, he, a big influence in your life as well as your father being a promoter for women, women empowerment. Cause I understand your background is your, your, your I guess your passport is Indian. However, you have uh, descendancies from the British as well as Portuguese. Yeah, I've I've yet to do a full proper DNA slash ancestry <laughs> lowdown rundown. Send her a pack. Really Ancestry.com. I have a that's Portuguese. You know, I have re- relatives who have been in Goa and then a little bit of that uh, Anglo-Indian blood yeah. in me as well. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I definitely come from a community where not a lot of women have gone on to be well educated mm. and have are not always had either the funds or the encouragement or just like that path, you know, like that's where you go next. That's your that's your kind of North Star. And yeah, um, yeah like I was one of the first girls to be able to leave home. And uh, my dad was a massive proponent of equality. And, you know, I grew up uh, knowing that I mm. could do anything that a boy could do. Oh, and I'm, wow. like, forever grateful for... That's thank very you, dad. supportive. <laughs> and to grandpa, because grandpa to her and, teaching dad. And yeah. my grandpa as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of... I'm pretty blessed to have been born in that part of time where, you know, they were aware of mm. the fact that there was that higher kind of higher education. And I had... I mean, somewhat kind of had the brains to, you know, be able to study. And I was always sort of interested in school and, you know, always excelling in extracurriculars as well. Yeah. So there was that presence of like, yeah, I love the aspect of wanting to study more. So from I think from around 
11 or 12 years old one of my cousins had actually gone to australia so there was that curiosity mm. about oh what is australia like what what's out there yeah you know? so i i always grew up being that super curious kid like what's what's that island like, you know? <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> nowhere. down south like, what is that? i knew of, the, of america you know yeah. it was very popular in india going to america but australia was some somewhat of a mystery yeah the land down under the land down under like it was always like oh kangaroos in australia that's that's what was a stereotype and um you know like i just like through the discovery channel mm. and through a couple of other travel channels in India at that time, uh, I was actually able to look at the landscape a little bit mm. and, you know, just become familiar with this beautiful... And you just fell in love I from all the love. PR and I tours of Australia. Love. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely love there. And also like a little bit of missing my cousin who was my playmate from, yeah. from when I was very little. Um, yeah, just like that curiosity kind of... And I mean, I ended up asking my mum every day, you know, she used to stand in the kitchen like chopping her onions and vegetables like mom when are we going you know when are we going and she's like australia you'll go i mean they had no money to send yeah. me you know yeah. my, my parents are not were not very well off at that time but, but my well mom, educated yeah well educated yeah my mom mm. was a teacher you know my dad ran, ran his own business still mm. runs his own business my mom's now like the principal of the school mm. so she's definitely surrounded with the education aspect mm. of it so that's something she didn't shut down Good. whereas i what got shut down was like parties boyfriends <laughs> staying out late uh, hanging around people she didn't know and all that sort of stuff so everything else i got to know but yeah. this one thing she didn't say no so i never stopped dreaming excellent and then you came to australia all by yourself or did you come with I, her i came by myself oh wow i came by myself how old were you i i had just turned 18 18 <gasps> so you landed at the airport all right yeah what did you do first did you eat did you what did you do when you first landed in australia uh well i had a magnum Oh, oh my god, that's so epic. Yeah, and, and like a proper big, and not, not one of those mini magnums. I'm talking like a proper big ass magnum. And seriously, to me, magnums and lamingtons are still the taste of Australia. Oh my god, amazing. Oh my god, I still remember that first bite. I'm like, what kind of ice cream is this? Why have I never eaten an ice cream like this before? Oh my god, it blew my mind. Like that. Just creamy in the chocolate and, and, and yeah. literally the the i still remember the crunch of that first bite like, oh my god and the chocolate was literally that thick right so i'm just like is this even ice cream like what is this like a this is like a whole cadbury chocolate bar that you get in india on top of the ice cream so that impressed me i had like the best first impression of australia i was like if they make their ice creams like this this is like the number one country <laughs> that I have to say. Yeah. And I had, a, and I had another friend who told me, um, but she's got Korean background. So she came over to Australia for a holiday. And in Korea, she was like over the age, you know, where you get left on the mantle because you haven't married yet. So she came, she was having drinks and these Aussie men came over to her and started, you know, chatting her up, you know, her being, you know, uh, from a, you know, not from Australia. Yeah. And they said, you look really, how old are you? They're like, you must be at least 21. And yeah. I think she was like, you know, near her 30s. Yeah. She, and that's when she realized, she goes, I love this country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because all the men think I am younger than, younger what, I than am. what I am. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been told quite a few times, like, how old are you? You know, like there was a... Your a, beautiful Asian skin, that's Oh my why. gosh, yeah, I know, brown don't crack. <laughs> um, but yeah, you do get mistaken for being like younger than you are. So have you had some experience? 
experiences in Australia versus when you were in India? Any, like, you know, slight discrimination or things that maybe helped you by looking young or looking older? Yeah, look, I mean, the first time, I guess, like, in terms of looking young would be when I, I got a job. It was mm. my first full-time job and... I, you know, I was working in the media production section of, of the organization and I had a chat with one of the clients who was supposed to come into this green room where, you know, we film her video episodes and I called her, I kind of understood what the script was mm. and then, you know, I was also sort of production manager. So um, I just sort of sent her the production sheet and then called her again for a confirmation mm. so all the arrangements were also done by me so I was mm. shooting and arranging mm. everything as well and the first time I still remember she her name was Barbara she walked in the door and she said to me my gosh you're so young like I expected a, a grown woman you know you, you sounded so mature on the phone like where do I need to go you know and suddenly her tone to me just like changed, changed. she was like tell me where I need to go tell me what I need to do it was almost as if she was a little bit offended that I was younger than her and oh, you know no. kind of instructing her all the way through in her mind she was imagining an old middle-aged Anglo yeah, woman because I was very contained on the phone like very careful and you know yeah. talking proper and yeah, I, in that moment, I went like, what? <laughs> oh. Why has your tone changed so much? Is it because I look different from what you thought I mm. look? Mm. And, you know, I, it really stayed with me. That moment really stayed with me. And, I mean, before that, I never, ever, ever, like, considered age in anything. You know, mm. I was brave enough. That was probably the very first time mm. I had a proper encounter with someone who pointed out my age. Yeah. Because before that, it was always like, what are your dreams? You know, my dad was, what are your dreams? Mm. Where do you want to go? What mm. do you want to do? I, and I was very kind of interested in people from a very young age. So there was there was no limit to my, my chatter. Yeah. I could pretty much go up to anyone and strike a conversation and I've noticed you know, <laughs> and just and just be very interested and interesting people actually give me life mm. right people who can engage like who've got some level of intelligence like who can kind of you know done some interesting things with, as well you know, it like yeah. it gives me life it gives me joy and like from a very young age I've always been like where are the people you know if we'd mm. go on vacations and there'd be no kids around I'd mm. be like I tell my mom and dad why have you brought me here? There's no kids or there's no people to talk to. Mm. When I first came to Australia, the first phone call with my mom, she asked me, what do you think about the place? And I was like, I was in a place called Quinana in Perth, in Western Australia. Yep. And I said, mom, there's no people here. <laughs> Compared to India. Yes, yeah, so there was a little bit. After that magnum, the high of the magnum, I came down to like, oh, where are the people? <laughs> uh, I've come to a deserted island. Yes, a deserted mm. island with no one around. <laughs> And then yeah. from there, um, we, we other interactions. Um, how did they go? I mean, I mean, one of the things that um, I'm not sure when it comes to uh, subcontinental Asians and East Asians, but East Asians uh, get mistaken in Australia and a lot in the Western world as being, you know, lady of night. Oh. Have, have you had incidents <laughs> where you got mistaken as a lady of the night for your bubbly personality oh. and your, you know, beautiful skin and good looks? Not, not so far in my lifetime. I've never been mistaken as Lady of the Night or anything like that at all. Um, but yeah, what about yeah. you? Have you? Yeah, yeah. So um, a few of our friends, we we have we come from like you know Chinese heritage. So we we went to ba uh, Bangkok or Thailand for holidays on separate trips, and we get mistaken as Lady of the Night by oh, tuk tuk no. drivers. Oh, yeah, I know. So when we all came back, we're like, is that 
did you get told that you know they think that you're a working girl? <laughs> wow. I know. And How does that because feel? it was strange because I've never had that before. Um, but only as jokes from my friends because all my yeah. friends used to make jokes because you know that's what they do. Yeah. Um, but that was a serious case, and then it was another serious case where my friend and I we were out for a hen's night for one of our mates. So you know. I think it was predominantly um, sort of a mix of Aussie Aussies. You got your Wog uh, Aussies, and then you got us Asian Aussies as well. So it's like a big multicultural group. Yeah. And then one of our friends actually got stopped by these girls, and they looked at her. I think they were they were just really rude and said, "Oh my God, are you like a lady boy?" To my friend. You're kidding me. Yeah, and my friend is gorgeous. She's you know uh, got. Asian heritage, she's beautiful, skinny, she's got a beautiful face and she always keeps herself, you know, really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And she was so offended. She was like, how dare was you? That, was that also maybe like a consequence of the, t- the time and place where you, where you guys were at? Was that We've, maybe where you were? Like, was the location? Yeah, kind of? I, I think the location was at a nightclub and we were all dressed up really pretty for a hen's night. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so she was quite like, a familiar occurrence yeah. in, in Bangkok to have. Yeah, that yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, so she was quite offended. She was like, I am not a lady boy. I am a woman. I am a real woman. Yeah. <laughs> me, natural. 100% female. <laughs> yeah, so th- those are some of the incidents. I mean, it happens quite a bit because like, even when I was researching, um, trying to find some uh, famous, notable Australians with Asian heritage, I typed in Asian Australian women on into the computer, Google, and it came up with all these dating sites. <laughs> Isn't that disappointing? It is a little Isn't bit that disappointing. disappointing. I mean, come on, Asian women are powerful. Yeah. I think we need better representation on Google. <laughs> Google, get your app together. That's right, Google. <laughs> but, you know, when you were growing up, did you have any um, women uh, or, or um, other high-profile, notable people, celebrities that you looked up to to push you forward in terms of your dreams? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They're, like, there were... There were many actually growing up. Um, I had some really notable teachers, who, mm. you know, who were definite role models for me. Mm. And uh, the principal of my school, so she was, uh, you know, a woman who was who came from a pretty humble background, mm. and she was a teacher, uh, and basically had a dream to start a school. Oh. And uh, with the help of her parents, she started a school in a chicken coop. Mm. Uh, you know, with with literally hardly any funding, she kind of just started off with. Um, Kindergarten mm. is that what you call it? Call it here yeah, as well. Kindergarten, yeah. and um, I think it was like a dozen children, and from there on, you know, she sought out funding. She they went from that chicken coop to a shed, from wow. a shed to a little little house, from a house to a two-story building, and today is like an eight or ten-story building with, you know, from kindergarten all the way to year ten, like full-fledged proper. It's a private school, mm. and that story has sort of never. It, it's always stayed with me. You know, this this woman who's kind of dedicated her life to something mm. so profound. You know, which is educating children in India, mm. and um, that was for me like a massive inspiration because she started with literally no lineage mm. of um, uh, kind of you know that what's the word for. Of privilege, mm. the lineage of privilege. You know, if you have forefathers and kind of an ancestry of people who've done, mm. um, you know, some substantial things, you it's easier for you to kind of get an entry. Yeah, that's you know right. I mean? But she but started from nothing. She started yeah. from nothing. You start from a chicken coop, and like mm. a couple of decades later, like it's a complete transformation, and you really do have that 
impact on your community mm. and and the world you mm. know the graduates from that school have gone on to become doctors professors they've gone on to, all over the world now like i have friends in the usa like in germany in switzerland yeah. like it's amazing to see how that one woman has changed so many lives and the le- the level of mm. education is pretty high too yeah so she's she's someone i always looked up to and uh when i was in um in the primary school uh, there was a fancy dress competition and um I dressed up as a crocodile. Right? <laughs> Australian. Yes, Australian. Yes. So my dad who was who was an artist, like yeah. he's a super creative guy. He engaged a seamstress mm. to create like my dad and my mom mm. to create a crocodile that was horizontal. So it's on the floor. I was in it. Okay. And it was literally a dark green beautifully designed crocodile. I won that competition in school. Oh. This is pretty early for the school yeah. from when it began as well. And then I got chosen for an inter-school competition, right? Yeah. And I won the first place. In your crocodile costume. In my crocodile costume, <laughs> and it was the first prize for that school, for that young school. Yeah. And um, you know the the headmistress of that school, like she was she was someone who was like really amazing, like really well read woman. She was a poet. Mm. She was a writer, and I looked up to her. She was like such an amazing leader, and she gave me a card. She gave me a card that just told me to reach for the stars, you know. Oh, that's beautiful. I was 8 years old. Mm. You know, I still have that card. She's like, "We strive, we aim, re- we reach. We do not know how far, mm. but therein lies our worth that we reach for a star." And what is that star for you? Oh my gosh, what is that star? <laughs> well, Australia was one of my stars. Excellent. You know, um but yeah, I'm super grateful just to have that sort of information, that sort of influence growing up mm. and to to be able to like even receive that from someone you admire. Mm. I I feel like that's what women need. You know, as young women, we need to have role models. We need to have people women who mm. look like us mm. you know women who sound like mm. us women who have the same coloring as us mm. around like in the media up on walls up on posters talking about stray media i mean the only notable asians that i could think of at the top of my head was penny wong the senator yep I, I, yeah you know Love her. penny wong yeah yep 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 so um gladys liu who just got in so yep. she's a men- member for chisholm for yep. liberals and unfortunately, Li Lin Chin, who unfortunately is not around anymore, but those were the only three women that I could think of. Well, you're next. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're far too kind, Akira. You're next. You're next. Um, this is why I call myself Madam Chan. Yeah. Because oh, I get mistaken as a lady I mean, of the look, night. <laughs> all starts in a chicken coop, so you never know where you're gonna go. You never know. In a couple of decades, you could be someone completely different. And that, that that's what excites me. You know, that's sort of my north star. I believe in like planting the seed doesn't need to be massive you know like <laughs> you just need to be sort of on the ground and have the intention you know obviously there are so many factors that are going to influence you as an asian mm. woman like as an indian as an asian as whoever you are in how far you go and how well you do mm. but i i do think that you know having representation not only in australia but internationally mm. it's now we come we're in 2020 now it's like time for us to understand and for everyone to understand not just us mm. but for all women and all men to realize that there are powerful women in all colors and sometimes they may be a little passive but that's how that's not, their power that's their power yeah it being passive doesn't mean it's a negative no. trait no being yeah. soft is not be, bad yeah. like you don't have to be aggressive or mm. a bitch or like come hard onto everything like you're up for a fight no yeah sometimes there's power in gentleness sometimes right. there's power in 
kind of just receiving you know and just being in a place where you just you being there brings grace mm. just you being there kind of up, uplifts people you know there's some women who walk into a space and they don't need to say anything they're just there and and the room lights up yeah absolutely we just like you when you walk in oh thank you <laughs> oh thanks but i mean every woman has a superpower you know every woman has something special in them and i mean especially in in this beautiful content i mean there the the opportunity can both be created and followed through mm. i think you know we need we need representation from every angle okay yeah so in australia um there is an office for um women uh, so there's a minister for women uh, and they implement a lot of grants as well as strategies and programs so what would you do if you if, if scomo said hey akira i want you to be minister for women for about three years wow. during my term wow. if i don't get you know stabbed in the back oh my gosh wow. <laughs> what would you implement like especially for asian women what would you do for asian women in australia but i'd get you on my team first oh well, thank I'd you, get you on my team you know I'd, I'd say thank you so much Komo. i am honored that you've chosen me to do this uh but look i would actually create a, a kind of round table of women who i know are for women mm. and uh women who have like a really clear understanding of the landscape of where women stand with their opportunities in australia like just like create a cross section of society and get those brainstorms together mm. you know have a few have a few meetings get people together really understand where we are mm. i think you don't know where you want to go unless you know where you are mm. so really being honest with you know who's who's being represented who's not showing up at all who's being overrepresented mm. what stereotypes are we pushing in the media mm. like where are women kind of being slandered in the media for no reason if they or in the boardroom yeah or in the oh that's another that's mm. a completely different podcast mm. i feel like what happens in the boardroom yeah uh but like just get an understanding of that first and from that place you know create platforms i think you know platforms need to be funded uh that are asian centric mm. you know we have like also a ton of african women who are so mm. so talented but often overlooked mm. because they have no representation i mean asian women don't african women yes there there's a ton of other ethnicities that need representation so i feel like pushing that um pushing that narrative forward that everyone needs to be included mm. you know and no matter who you are no matter where you're from if you've come to this country as a refugee and i know some amazing mm. women who've come to australia as refugees with nothing you mm. know their moms have taken them out of war torn areas and they've built significant businesses mm. they need to be they need to be represented like not in not in just community rooms not just in like a get together let's listen to them talk no i'm talking yeah. mainstream mainstream yeah because i yeah. i noticed that while we're trying to push for more uh, asian diversity as well as uh, women as well it seems like all these uh if they call it subgroups uh, are pushed into a room where that particular group or community already know about it but it's the mainstream that needs to know about it, it needs yes. to be on you know the commercial tvs it needs to be in the commercial Absolutely. media as opposed to the, these really niche you know magazines or yep. niche uh, tv segments for like 2 minutes on sbs absolutely and it needs to be more than just a particular food <laughs> about that country yeah and it doesn't need to be a brilliant cook like an asian cook who yeah. makes amazing food or you know things in that category i think we need to go beyond that and wow that brings me so much joy just talking about this mm. and like 
imagining a world, imagining Australia as being known for that representation. Like, how does it feel to know that there are Asian women, there are Indian women, there are African women, there are, I mean, from everywhere. I'm not talking mm. about just minorities. I'm talking about from the whitest white to your, mm. to the darkest dark. You know, we're, we're a gamut of colors. How many colors. shades is that? How many shades is that? There's a million shades in us. Women come in every shade of, of, of the, of the spectrum, right? And, like, I think, you know, for Australia to be known as that, like, that's my North Star. Mm. I feel like to be living in a community like that would be phenomenal. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So how does, um, now that you've experienced Australia and seen how uh, women and as well as uh, Asian women or women of uh, diverse ethnic backgrounds um, are seen, how does that compare to India? And how how Indian women are seen over there. Like, do you feel things are a little more progressive over here or over there? Or there are some segments which are doing better than others? Look, I mean, I from, from my experience, I left India when I was about 18 years old. And I was pretty sheltered, right? Mm. So I, I definitely feel like I was, um, you know, privileged in a way... Um, that I had elders and a family that really valued the girl child mm. and really valued education as well mm. and sought out opportunities mm. for me to grow and bloom. Okay, that was that the one side of my experience. Now, I mean, obviously, when I look at reports and, you know, news reports, you see the whole gamut of stories of how women are treated. Mm. You know, there are horrific stories in the media of, you know, gang rapes and, things that happen, you know. Murders, murders. in Melbourne especially. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so much that happens. It really overwhelms me sometimes. Mm. And um, th- there's that side of it. But then there's the other side when I, I look at Mumbai, which is my city, mm. and I've seen, like, a massive change in, like, how women coming forward for their rights. Mm. You know, women coming together in massive numbers to stand up for what they believe in. Women wanting to be educated and funding themselves to go overseas. Mm. Going for like masters and PhDs and like the upper end of the education mm. um, opportunity. You know, so I, I definitely feel that we are, mo- we are moving more towards Indian women being aware of mm. like universal opportunities, not just what's available for them in their community mm. and I think that's also because of what's happening with the internet. Now that you mentioned Mumbai, it triggered a memory there. I went over there when I was much younger and I met these police women and I was so surprised. They were wearing saris. Yeah. It's, that's, that's normal, right? Yeah. I mean, in Australia, you get your uh, police women in the same outfit yeah. as, as their counterparts, males. But in India, I was just like, wow, they're in sorry. Yeah, I mean, they would be, I think they'd be part of a certain section of, of the police. But yeah. there's women who also wear pants. Oh, like, okay, all right. Yeah, officers and things like that. So, but yeah, they do wear saris. I thought that was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've only ever worn a sari like three times in yeah. my life, which is like a bit sad. But, uh, <laughs> so you get more opportunities. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going for a wedding um, soon. So like, let's. Let's see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So if I'm here for experience, um, and in hindsight, have you had moments where you felt like there was a bit of a bamboo and glass ceiling at the same time? So you got the, the double layer, which which is a lot thicker than your normal ice cream back in India. Uh, like a magnum, it's a little bit thicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have um, you had any of those experiences? I'm, I'm just so yeah. aware of mm. the conversation. I'm, mm. I'm aware of the conversation of like there being that bamboo ceiling and there being a glass ceiling. Mm. A ceiling. I know there's a glass ceiling 
for every woman mm. and you know we're constantly talking about you know equality and breaking and smashing that that level that upper level and being able to go beyond but personally i look i think in my experience there's been a mix of um how do i put it there's been a mix of people who i've worked with mm. there's been a mix of um opportunities that i know have been perfect for me mm. but then there's been you know someone who's in charge or someone who kind of has a different understanding of what maybe an asian woman is capable of or not mm. and then they've maybe looked at me and gone oh i don't think i think she's not as experienced as i'd like her to be so mm. so you know there's that constant kind of trying to work with people who don't really have the maturity or just the openness the life experience yeah to just either. work with someone different so of course yes you know and as as you kind of change roles and try different things and you know I'm running my own business now so mm. there's a lot more freedom now because I I can step into rooms out of my own free will mm. and I'm not at the sort of I'm not waiting for someone to give me permission anymore mm. so that's a massive change in how you know how I operate in my work life yeah. but like previously you know I've had um, employers who've literally kind of just like said no to things I'm I'm more than capable of doing mm. you know and I can see that it's like them underestimating me blatantly yeah you know it's not said but it's subtle it's subtle yeah. it's uh it's what they call unconscious bias as well sometimes yes. there's something that they can't control and they don't actually even realize that their behavior is be, you know is enacting this kind of particular discrimination uh towards you yeah. there was a really interesting um uh there was two guys I, that I met one time and they they frequently came to have chats with me because um I I think they sort of saw me as a little bit of a mentor but not really so they were at uni doing their first year um and then there was another girl who was in the same year um they were both in the same um law class and so they were competing against each other. Mm-hmm. So she went to like, you know, uh, public education, so it's co-ed. He had a privileged upbringing, all boys school, you know, top top of the yep. you know, probably King's College yep. no doubt. Yep. <laughs> he never told me. Yeah. Um yeah, and then one day he came in and he goes, "Madam Chan, this chick that I know that you also know, she beat me in my in our law class. She got number 1." and i've never felt this way before i've never had a girl beat me like what should i do and i and i was just like i i was just like i'm so glad you came to me because i'm like first of all you actually have you you are aware that whatever you're feeling is a negative feeling mm. but then i told him i was like please don't feel as though that you know she is some someone that you need to crush and because she mm. because she's a girl or anything and as you said just take it on the That's chin amazing. just take it on the chin you know this is this is life sometimes you know sometimes a girl is going to be better than you but sometimes you're going to be better than another girl or you're going to be better than another guy yeah. um so just take it um be mature about it and then work harder and try and beat her that's but, amazing. But, but don't think anything negative of, of it. That's amazing. Yeah. And that 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 you had that conversation with a guy. A young a young kid who's growing up. Yeah. A young boy who's growing up. I mean, that just profound because I feel yeah. like not enough conversations because for equality to occur. That's right. And right? it's so brave of him to actually Absolutely. open up and say that. And yeah. Sometimes men have have that fear, but unless, mm. you know, those conversations are kind of brush with the table it's actually very vulnerable for mm. a lot of guys to have those conversations mm. because society has 
um, kind of molded them from the very beginning mm. to think a certain way. Mm. So sometimes, even though they're having, they know the conversation about equality mm. because they've been taught to think a certain way. It's it's really hard to act in the way that's right yeah. because it's like oh I, I, but but that's not how I think mm. you know so for you to have that conversation openly and I think that needs to happen more, more exactly because right? there are a lot of guys out there which um, you know I think they do know that they need to take it in a more um, you know m mature way but sometimes you know the emotions can get the best of yes. them or their upbringing from the particular family or somebody else that they respect I have told them, no, 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 compete, compete, compete. You know, you gotta, you know, you gotta like crush everyone. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's another way. You know, you can take it, and just go. Okay, next time I'm gonna beat myself. I'm gonna do better mm. instead of uh, trying to compete with the other person and try and bring them down. I'm really interested. How do we mm. have more of of these conversations? Like, how does society mm. like begin that conversation? You know, where we openly talk mm. about equality, but also the vulnerability of That's men, right. like, and just like their, you know, their heart space and their emotions not closing mm. up and being like, oh, I need to be better than you. Mm. Or if you're better than me, that's not, that's not right. Yeah. That's right. That, that means I'm, 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 I'm the worst. I, I've lost my manhood. <laughs> I'm the Do you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like a full, full-fledged man anymore. If you, that's not the case. Yeah. So how, how does that, how does that, like, how do we open that? Because mm. once that conversation happens, I feel like you just, you just kind of open a new pathway. That's right. I think that's that's the thing. We need to engage men who already feel vulnerable to the situation or men who don't know how to react to a woman who is climbing up, who's getting very successful, and just how to not change their response, but also how for them to see from the woman's point of view as well. Mm. That's a that's a very difficult, you know, um, change of scenario and changing someone's thoughts. Correct. Yeah. So that's a that's a really hard. So you're um, kind of un battle. understanding that on an emotional level, mm. not just sort of mentally, mm. right? And then you kind of you move you move from the sympathy aspect to real empathy. That's right. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh yeah, I kind of I know how you feel about that. Yeah. Right? I wouldn't like I wouldn't have liked to be treated in that way. Exactly. You know? So if we open that gate, yeah. and I think more men would understand, and I think then then we can see a, a like a proliferation of women actually being brought up instead of being brought down and seen as a threat for actually cracking the glass ceiling yeah. and the bamboo ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. Because when women win, you know, everyone's gonna mm, win. That's it's, right. It's, it's an inclusive it's an inclusive, warm uh, atmosphere. You know, it's not kind of like I need to be in number one, so I'm going to exclude you. Really mm. bring that nurturing, mm. familial sense to everything they do. Just look at Finland. Um, all their high, uh, the prime minister, all the executives, um, ministers are all females. Absolutely. It, that's that's amazing what they're doing yeah. over there. Yeah. And I mean, men are mm. as important. That's like, right. You know, and I think if you kind of. Um, collaborate it's it's a spirit of collaboration and not mm. excluding one or the other or not saying one or the other is better mm. you know it's just about catching the strengths in mm. each person and then working together that's right yeah so those conversations are like I can't even and important is an understatement mm. I think because without conversation you're just not going to drive that new narrative forward and inclusion so if we do want to lift women up we also have to include the men 
Yes. We need to include them in the, in yes. the discussion. Yes, we need to strengthen and empower men. That's right. Just as much as we want to strengthen and empower women. That's right. And if we talk about, you know, Asian representation, it shouldn't be something of an entity that's alone just talking within the Asian community. We should be involving the broader community, yes. which is, you know, um, Australians from all backgrounds, yes. you yes. know, Lebanese, Irish. Yes. The whole spectrum. Absolutely. Yeah, th Absolutely. and that's when we can achieve something that's a model that's workable. And look, Australia has come pretty far mm. from where you know from where it started as a young nation and you know there's been uh you know tons of stories there's a lot of history in this country and you know um we're a melting pot mm. you know and not every community has had a great start mm. uh, in this place but i feel like now in 2020 it's come such a long way mm. from where it started and then the future when you look at look at it from that perspective the future looks bright right yeah Glad you're inspiring everyone on the show. <laughs> so from here, where do you see yourself? Where do I see myself? Yeah, Akira, where do you see yourself? Where do I see myself? Do you see yourself I... staying in Australia? Do you see yourself going back to India? Or do you see yourself going abroad? Look, I am going back to India this year for a wedding. So, I mean, I'm always going to be in and out of India. I don't think I'm ever not going to go to India. But in terms of like putting down roots and, you yeah. know, calling a, a country home, I definitely think it's Australia. Still call Australia home? I call Australia home. It's a Qantas home. song. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm break out in song in a moment. But, I look, I, I, I definitely have, like, a love for this place. I love how accepting people have mm. been of me from the day I, you know, from the day I landed here. I've had, like, love and kind of care shown and to me. ice cream i mean the ice cream i started <laughs> off i started off as a sandwich artist in subway and you know those girls are still friends with me i still visit them and yeah i mean i think you know australians had do have a real sense of camaraderie mm. and and that spirit of mateship doesn't disappear and that's what i really really appreciate about i mean they say there's no culture here <laughs> <laughs> that's another topic but you know the culture really is in in that connection and uh, you know just that kind of laid back i'm going to just laugh at myself mm. laugh at everything make a joke about everything don't take life too seriously don't take life too seriously like i've learned those things yeah. from from australians and and that's something you know i i can never forget i mean i'm a little bit australian now because of because <laughs> of those things so yeah <laughs> excellent yep. well okay, i'm going to end this with a fast five Okay. A fast five question. So, okay. so I'm going to try and come up with these questions. Usually I prepare them, but I haven't. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm a little bit scared now. Okay, I'm a little sketchy because <laughs> like, I think of five questions. If anybody, I can count. <laughs> okay. So is it like a one word answer? Or? Uh, it could be one word answer, but you can, you can do whatever you want. Okay. It's all about Let you. Let me get in the zone. Akira, it's all about you. Okay. okay. All right. Favorite strain animal? Kangaroo. <laughs> Excellent. Because Captain Bagrat is Bagrat. a kangaroo. Yeah. Yes, my favorite. <laughs> okay. Favorite city in Australia? Sydney. Sydney is beautiful. I'm loving Sydney right now. Sorry, Perth. I'm loving <laughs> Sydney right now. Be the beach or the city life? I or? think it's like a mix of the beach and the city. Like yeah. I live right, very close to the city, yeah. but I have access to the beach yeah. and like just nature is not very far away. So, you know, half an hour drive, you're kind of in the woods. So Excellent. <laughs> what do you like to drink more? Beer or wine? I'm definitely a wine person. <laughs> Definitely a wine person, yeah. Australia's no, got some great wine. I know, I just that I know, but the beer, like the beer drinking, <laughs> culture has, hasn't here. happened. Hasn't happened yet. Sorry. <laughs> What's your favorite glass? That's not part of the question. That's a sub question. What's your favorite uh, glass of wine? Like red or a particular uh, brand? Or? I like a Merlot. Uh, oh, I right. like a good Merlot. I like uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Mm, okay. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. Depends. Excellent. Depends on what I'm eating too. So. Okay. <laughs> Favorite Asian food. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that is an unfair question. Because I know you. Asian. I know because I know you like Lavington. I know you like Magnum. Oh my god! Like, look, look. I, I cannot. I mean, look. If I had to pick a number one, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be like, I love Indian food. But even within Indian food, there's like a whole so, gamut yeah. of, of different. You know, different regions have their own cuisine. So even from there, I couldn't pick. Uh, but look, if I had to, if I had to rate, like. Oh my god, this, 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 gives, me, on you. this gives me like... Fast five is worse, isn't stress. it? <laughs> okay, uh, number one would be Indian. Number two would be like, I love Japanese food. Yeah, Japanese food is beautiful. Uh, I love the Korean barbecue mm. thing as well. So that's Excellent. number three. I love Chinese. Look, I mean, this is but a you don't have to question. give me a hundred. This is a hundred. I love, look, I love Indian food. I, I love Indian food. Go, go down bread. <laughs> All right, and the final question. What did you eat for breakfast this morning? <laughs> Oh, this is really bad because I didn't have breakfast. All I've had so far is a cup of coffee, which is right here on the table. I've been I've been running against a deadline. I haven't eaten it. That's so bad, but that's the truth. You know, caffeine can keep people going. Madam it's Chan, fine. I'm giving it's, you truth today. I know you're giving me loads just, of truth. Just we like the had, truth. Just haven't had breakfast. Sorry. For <laughs> listeners, can you handle the truth? <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, Akira, for coming in today. Thank it has been lovely talking to you about empowering women, Asian women in particular, around the world and in Australia. And I loved what you gave in terms of, you know, the Prime Minister offered you a job as the Minister for Women. Wow, I love that. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Love you, Madam Chan. Love you too. And keep going. More power to you. More power to you too. Thank you. <laughs> Bag right out. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and we do, please support us with likes and shares. If you're really digging Captain Bagrat, it does cost us a bit to produce, and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid.